go. You're onto it. It's not your first rodeo. Good morning or good afternoon to you now. It's just crossed over. Melbourne time. To you, it's bright and early still. Yeah. Isn't that funny how it's early for you, but it's like later for me, but we're in the same solar system. You know That's what alive. I mean? Mm. Yep. Episode 15. Brad. Episode 15, one five. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome. want to welcome everyone. Welcome on board. Welcome on board the, the spaceship. Sounds like uh, we're forming a cult. Sounds like a Heaven's Gate sort of thing. Mm. Welcome on board our spaceship. Yeah. Wow, yeah. The poor, poor and uh, confused souls. So how do you feel that our friendship has mostly become communicating through memes, Nick? Because that's what we do, right? We share memes yeah. during the week. Well, that's what everyone does, really. We just admit it, I think. Um, yeah, because like what, what, tell me what isn't a meme. Well, maybe right. we a meme is maybe. any any piece of text or anything with a combination of images that transfer some feeling or something, right? It's essentially like everything's a meme, right? You could say a flag is a meme, right? If I'm, if I'm following that logic. So is that the actual definition of a meme then text accompanied by images? That's my, that's my, um, that's my definition. Mm. Cause like, I think it's best now we speak from a place of I and me because, uh, otherwise I think it's very easy for things to get very confusing. So I'm going to, I'm going to make an attempt from this episode to just speak from, my experience where i see things and this this is my perspective but at the same time i don't want to get us trapped in like uh the trap of subjectivity i do believe there is objective truth let's start talking about that then because that sounds interesting so you've read some Anne rand and she talks about objectivism what is that what what do you think she was trying to say because you know her a little better than i do because she she talks about objectivity and how there is objective truth. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. What um, do you think she was, where, where was she going with her whole philosophy? Cause was that what her philosophy is called? Objectivism? Is that like her core? This is the author yeah, of Fountainhead and, she, and Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Yeah. Basically they're very long books and I don't think I am uh, well versed enough in them to um, summarize up her like philosophy in like a few sentences but like basically the best way i can like uh summarize her is she was she she was uh she was a lady who uh, this is we're always getting back into our into our trap of the meme of socialism versus the meme of uh capitalism and what do those words really mean um she used the word collectivism um, and basically, if if I was to do a terrible job in summing up her work, she basically believed like the it basically believes that the individual should um, you should follow follow your own happiness, right? And um, you know the it's kind of like part of the American dream. Everyone sort of you have the right to pursue your uh, 
uh, your 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 happiness or whatever, right? Now I'm, I'm so starting to like get a little bit off tra- track, but yeah. So, and anyway, another thing I'd like to mention is it's also interesting. A lot of the time when you read a book, it's interesting to like look at the author's like background. So it's something like George Orwell, right? Who like uh, wrote like uh, a lot of the criticism about like. Uh, media and sort of stuff like that um he actually worked for the bbc i'm pretty sure um is that right but i don't know like much of the details but like i know Anne rand's story is like her dad like had a business in saint petersburg and like when the bolsheviks came and like you know the whole like whatever the basically like destroyed people's businesses um and sort of like started the 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 revolution you know for 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 the people you know power to the people whatever it's like the people's uh the people's country or whatever i don't know what the the freaking the the marketing mechanism of uh communism or the ussr was if you want you can read solzhenitsyn on the horrors of what what happened there um Anyway, and then she, uh, after a while, Anne Rand felt f- like fled to US and like she was, she was interested in plays. She was like a playwright and then she wrote these, she wrote some books that remain super famous to a lot of, uh, a lot of libertarians really like these, uh, these sort of, these sort of books, right? Um, and yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's what I, I think they're, gr- they're a good, they're a good read. Um, do I think like, uh, I don't know, like her, her, um, oh, like, I, I don't think I know enough, like, and I've studied enough of her philosophy to, um, to say, um, to say anything fully about it. I've read each book once and they're super long books and like part, parts of it, I totally forget. But to me, the message of her books is, and the meme of her is, uh, capitalism, individualism good like uh basically great people with great visions who want to achieve their best selves um build uh create wealth for uh, a lot of people that then they can also um you know have have jobs or whatever working for these people's companies or whatever I think of like, when I, when I read some of the, you know, she has like main characters that are very strong and very like, I don't know, they're willing to like fight for their like uh, company and stuff or, or their business. Like, um, and then it has like the evil sort of like, uh, I don't know, she depicts them as evil, the evil sort of people in the state who just want to like uh, virtue Make money and, and like, yeah. and, and basically plunder and steal um, from the productive people in society, um, without, uh, yeah, without going into too much detail and ruining it, I can definitely see in some of her writing, um, you know, her, you know, it's probably coming from her history, um, of what she experienced, um, in like, uh, the beginning of uh witnessing probably she lived at the beginning of like the ussr and then that brings me to another point of a lot of people um from eastern europe especially some of the older people they tend to have like a nostalgia for like that's this a reoccurring thing a lot of people think like uh oh, things think 
things were great, you know, under the USSR. We went to the moon and like, oh, whatever. They didn't go to the moon, but like, I'm pretty sure the USSR was like the first to like, I don't know. There's a theory they were the first. What was Sputnik? There were, yeah, yeah. They were the first. They sort of had a look and they were like, fuck, there's nothing here. Like, we don't want to get there or whatever. And then the whole theory of like, well, did the Americans go there or was it just like a... a Green screen. Green screen operation. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I've seen some interesting stuff on that. I don't want to take the the conversation there. I want to talk about how a lot of a lot of people um, romanticize, you know, the USSR. Even I know of, like, even people romanticize uh, socialist state of Yugoslavia, all these sort of things. But the reality is, they all they all they all terrible. And I think like the best example of that is like uh, East and West Germany. And like, you know, uh, you don't have to go far about that. Um, there was one side was better. You had a lot better quality of life, one side of the wall. And it's thanks to one had more free market than another. But, um, anyway, now we sort of live in a world where who would have thought a year ago, I'm reading that like basically the WA border has turned into some sort of Western Australia, um, for anyone who doesn't know what WA is, has sort of got like this checkpoint Charlie situation um, where, you know, you have to provide documents and stuff to cross cross over the border. So it's pretty surreal. Mm-hmm. Like to bring us uh, full circle. Out of, out of everything, that, that should be your nickname, Nick Full Circle Milanovic. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I um, like circles. I like circles, yeah. all right? You like They're completing cool. circles. Out of everything yeah. that you just said, I want to cherry pick this idea of individualism because I think it's very interesting and I want to hone in on it further and discuss um, how do you encourage people to be individualistic in society? What are the benefits of that? Because um, I've seen in my own personal life as I, um, it's easy to follow the grain, right? It's easy to blend into culture so you can stay with the sheep, with the herd and feel safe. So the benefit of being in a collective is you feel safe. But I think things can get too ordered when that happens and people don't change, they don't flow of change, they go to the status quo and they get to a point where they get bogged down. So I think this is what's happened to our culture at the moment. And then I think chaos comes in to balance that order if you want to use that yin and yang terminology. And, um, and then I think the rise of individualism, then basically people with great innovative ideas, visionaries, then bring in a new status quo and then people adhere to that. And it's like that old saying of first they laugh at you, then they openly mock you and ridicule you, then they accept you. It's, and, and then I think at different True. moments in our life, we're, we're in charge of our destinies where we stand up as individuals and, um, you know, claim things and, and innovate things and, and become the pioneers of things. And um, does this feel like a time right now where this is occurring to you? Or do you think this is like always occurring and that we're always in a dance between order and chaos and this individualism and collectivism? Yeah, that's like a really good question. Hey, um, I think like, uh, I think any, any, anything that uh, suppresses you as an individual um, that wants you to give up y- yourself in a way you could almost describe it as giving up your soul, right? 
Uh, I, th- I think of that episode of The Simpsons. I love making Simpsons represents when, when Bart gives up his soul on like a piece of paper and all of a sudden he can't walk into the quickie mark, like the quickie mm. mark fucking door thing doesn't open for him and everyone else who has a soul can like uh, walk through. Um, uh, that's what I think of. Um, and I think any... Any, 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 anything that wants you to give up you, whatever that means to you, um, to join that group, that cult, whatever you want to call it, um, reminds me of the poor confused souls we were talking about at the, st- at the opening of this episode is, is evil, is evil, um, is like an evil energy in my opinion. And yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you should always um, do what feels good to you. I mean, and that's not to say all groups joining any group is bad, all groups are bad, but it's like if you right. join it with with your own like purpose and your own intent and the transaction feels um, feels like you, you know, you, you get you, the transaction feels good to you. Yeah, it's about using your own moral compass, right? But um, I can empathize, like, um, you know, in high school, for instance, how there's like a hierarchy that prevails very naturally. Yeah, we've, we've, and we've gone over this, that high, like the education system is just like, it, it, it is like, uh, I think it, it like, I think we're all born naturally, like, I don't know, this is like something where you're getting to like, um, it, it, it just like depends how you view kids, right? Like you see like kids walk around. They're very, there's something like um, naturally curious, natural learners. Hey, um, I don't know. I don't understand much of it. But when you look at how easy a kid can absorb a language when they're very young. And I think, um, yeah, I, I've kind of said it before. Like uh, school is just like, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it kind of like it teaches us a way of thinking, which I think limits our um, limits our potential. And I think it's something that like um, has like gone. It, it's like gone on over over time. You kind of look at like when most schooling started. Like I think I talked about this like the start of the industrial revolution, and it was like. Um, when all of a sudden, you know, it, it's very similar to like working in a factory in the sense you've got a start time. Um, you, you've got someone, it, it kind of like subconsciously just gets you used to like uh, knowing that there's someone in charge of you that you have to ask when you can take a piss or a shit. And like, um, I think basically it, to sum it up, it just ingrains in us that this, this is normal when, um, I would question, I don't know if it is or not. Hey, I um, love watching, like, um, I love watching eighties and nineties movies like days and confused is a nineties movie. And there's the one with Sean Penn. Um, have you seen the film where Sean Penn's like, I don't know, like he's 18 and he like orders a pizza to class and the teacher's like, what's this? And he's just got like a pizza and he's like, Oh, thanks dude. He just like pays the <laughs> he's just sitting at his desk he just pays the pizza guy like that was a good one i watched that a couple nights ago with my that's a fair transaction right it's a fair transaction but it's such a good scene because it kind of shows like why can't he do that why is that such a disrespect 
um, and, and how we've entered this like uniform reality in school and we wouldn't really question it. But when you watch those older films, you see how high school was different in the nineties and the eighties. And then I think that gives you a greater perspective on like your high school. And you start to question like, was, yeah, was what I went through authentic? This idea that we view people who aren't like educated, right. As barbaric almost. Right. And there's this story that I heard on the radio yesterday. I just happened to hear it. So I'll share it. They were talking to some guy from Afghanistan. And when he first came to Australia in school, he made the joke of like, I didn't understand there was two lunch times here. Like I had recess and I ate all my food and then like lunchtime <laughs> came wrong, came along. I'm like, where the fuck did you guys get all your food from? <laughs> Just reminded me of that. That's a good story. And it's funny how you brought up the Simpsons because the Simpsons keeps coming up in my world as well. We were trying to figure out um, when it stopped being as good. Because there's some episodes that you can watch that are just so iconic. Like I, me and my friends are really laughing about the Aurora Borealis um, scene when oh, um, the steamed hams. Yeah, yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, um, and that was just like so. Because we were talking about Aurora Borealises, and I said it reminds me of the Skinner and and um, Superintendent Chalmers, and we watched it back and we were laughing so much. And and my friends are saying that it started to get um, not as good after season eight, and apparently that's like a popular consensus that that's when it started to kind of dip i would have thought it would have gone on for a bit longer than that before it started to kind of dip and then i wanted to question the dip and if it's like this if this is like something that people generally think happened like that there was a dip in its form and its consistency and its yeah well quality. here we go lee i don't know if it's something like and then i want to relate this back to like uh um the nostalgia people i don't know if it's just nostalgia that we have for it like as you were saying the friends you were probably watching it like uh, talking about it with like probably come from a similar age with you and when i think of the symptoms i think of the 90s and that's um and and the 90s is a fucking huge meme right and i think it's something that our generation has a lot of fucking nostalgia for right like fuck like Think about how much awesome, awesome shit come from the nineties. You got the Simpsons, you got Seinfeld, you got Game Boy Colors, Nintendo sixty fours, PlayStation ones, like all this sort of mm. shit. Like, yeah, right. They're all like PS very one. powerful memes. Pokemon, fucking Pokemon. hell, man. Game Boy. And it Color. was just like it was a time of uh, everyone. Everyone had big dreams. Um, anything was possible. Um, that's basically a lot of like uh, the connotations that go on um the 90s and we all feel like the tv shows we seen uh, are better than probably the tv shows you've seen like i'm sure like yeah they didn't have adventure time in the 90s but we had freaking rugrats we had freaking hey arnold like all these sort of shit like nickelodeon was huge cartoon network and if you think about it all this shit it affected us on some level i don't know as we kids, we absorbing these sort of ideas, probably in ways we didn't understand. And I was watching this thing on YouTube. Um, I think the channel is called Wisecrack, and they sort of explain, um, uh, like, t- they just explain TV and whatever. Like, they're they're wisecrack at it, I guess. And they were talking about how Rugrats, the Rugrats p- parents, they're like the original boomers, right? Because the, the idea was like uh, you will see. Like you're watching it, you think you're watching a baby show, but at the time, like the argument is like through that show, they're kind of showing kids like the psyche of the parents through the way the parents in the show um, are actually um, like the things that they're talking about and the things that they worry about. And then the kids pick up on it and they talk about it and stuff. 
That was the one thing I remember. Like, you know, you've got like uh, T- Tommy is kind of like the hero, and Chucky's That's like right. kind of like the nervous kid, the, the like, douchebag. Angelica, <laughs> yeah, Angelica's mum is like the crazy hardcore capitalist type. Like, oh, I don't even know what to co- describe her as, but she like makes soccer a lot mom of money. kind of yeah, yeah, and then like um, yeah, I, what. Ever, but it's like pretty wild characters, right? When did that show start going bad? I don't know. But I think the biggest heavy hitter of like Nickelodeon, the one that like, uh, in my opinion anyway, was um, the most powerful show was uh, SpongeBob. And that is like an international show ah. and, like, translated in a fuckload of languages. And it's like a powerful meme on the internet to this day before even like uh, the internet um, became a big thing. Hey these things have kind of grown up in our psyche and like, even though probably most of us don't watch Rugrats anymore, like a good Rugrats meme would still reach us. Like my friend got like a xylophone for his birthday. And the first thing he played on the xylophone was the Rugrats theme song. And, you know, we were just like, Oh wow. So like, it just shows how much it sticks with you. And it shows you how much these, I think with these shows, it's often not what's said, but what's said like between the notes and like in between the lines, mm. like, um, I was watching, um, I, I love a lot of the Seth Rogen films like um, Pineapple Express and Superbad. Like I grew up watching those when I was around 18, 19, 20 and I started to smoke weed. You know, obviously I, mm. I identified with him. I really like Jonah then, Hill as well. And he comes I like, up yeah, a lot of the time. Yep, yeah, yeah. So that's how I got onto um, And even the friendship of Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco. James Franco. Franco. It, incredible. It's, it's like reached a lot of people, probably less the boozy kind of people from our age group, but definitely the stoners. And um, I was watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall and that got me on a Jonah Hill. And then that got me thinking about that universe that they're kind of all in. And then uh, on Netflix, I don't watch Netflix very often, but Bad Neighbors came on, which is the film with Seth Rogen and Rose Bryan and Zac Efron. And, you know, I like pretty much the whole cast, but I was watching it. And after about 15 minutes, I was like, this sucks. And then I was like, why does this suck to me? Like, obviously, that's just my opinion. Some other people might enjoy it. And what I realized that what the what was being said between the lines was that Seth Rogen's a stoner and, and he, him and his wife like smoking pot in there. And, you know, I've followed mm. him from other story universes into that film going, yeah, he's a stoner. And like, I, I kind of relate to that because even though I'm not like a couch potato, I like smoking pot. So I identify with him. And then it starts becoming about like, oh, now he's got a baby and they got a family and they're going through family problems. And I was kind of like, I don't buy this progression that his character would like go and become this. And I started to realize that on a subconscious level, you'd start to think that, oh, the next progression for me as a stoner is to have a family. And, and it's that kind of wholesome American value system. And then the conspiratorial part well, started to go, did this yeah. get put into our subconscious so that like, are is they it, encouraging us to have babies here? Or is this just the writers and where the writers wanted to go and how they right. relate? But I started to realize that that's why I didn't like it. And it's not because I don't want kids. It's that the jump from being a stoner to being a wholesome American family man was just like not very subtle and quite in your face. And, and I think because of my preconceptions of Seth Rogen, it didn't match. And that's why that film never clicked for me. Yeah. Well, let's, the the thing that you, yeah, I get you, I'm hearing you. And like, I think the thing that I take from that, uh, uh, what you're saying is like, uh, for some reason, and it's like, maybe it's done through these films or, or, or TV shows and modern things, but am my understanding, right? Especially us being 20, whatever, like 20, 20, men 20 in our late twenties, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Now, yeah. Whatever. Um, and, um, they, 
like now is like historically the age when you know you, you have a family right even younger right but it's weird now especially in our generation now have have like people used to fucking have families man and like there was still like disease like you you didn't even like they, they weren't like at one point they weren't even washing hands like when they're delivering babies and like i don't know people like a lot of people would die just from giving birth. I mean, now we've got to the point where like giving birth is like relatively low risk. Um, There's still a risk in giving birth. Um, Things can go wrong. Right. But most of the time, like my point is there was a time when like, like like giving birth was like, Oh, like good luck. I hope you make it. Whereas now that's sort of like gone. Right. And it's like, but yeah, I would argue that, um, there's more uh, let's call it fear maybe there's a better word for it in that whole like uh it's viewed as like having 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 a child is like it's a job it's another job you get so you get your job like uh you know it's another credential kind of thing like thing that you work on so it's kind of like you finish uni you 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 get your job and after a couple of years of getting your job maybe you get your loan or whatever and then it's like okay the next part is having a kid and and that and that being almost some and it's very cold and detached sort of thing like you're working you've got to leave your kid at daycare to go and work like maybe that's even a common thing like it's probably never that's never been around like two people like because in australia and most of the west it's normal that like you know um a generation ago whatever baby boomers whatever you i love the boomers um that one what, what the breadwinner um would go and win the bread and the other the 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 other person doesn't matter what gender they are um would stay home and like raise the children and whatever like um now it's sort of like nah like those roles and what's considered normal is all kind of like changed right so like the idea is like uh you um yeah you you leave your kid at this 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 place where some other people like i don't know what are they Mm. like what ideas are they passing down there like how connected are you to that um Mm. and like yeah and then you know kids have also then turned into this other thing that people sort of fight and argue about like custody battles are a huge thing right and you've got a whole a whole like class uh like very like i would call them intelligent people right who uh, sort of like charging fees for like uh, mediating that debate of who gets the kids and like a um, oh, huge industry and then the, the court industry huge. even 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 when kids might start to feel like what the fuck like this like i'd rather just sit at home and play minecraft like this fucking sucks like oh you need you he, you got adhd or autism or whatever you need you need some pills right the whole there's a whole industry of uh very look at the same time i think they're intelligent people um i just think uh they're misguided and i think now we've reached to a point um uh where that it's just not working um the the and this is something we've talked about this this way of uh living let's call it that has like evolved um in over the past i don't know recent history let's call it modern whatever postmodernism i don't know what the word is for it it it's uh it's not creating wealth right it's uh and i think that's what that's what 
that's what we're all feeling the side effects of. Um, and I think now it's up to a few, uh, we can call them visionaries, brave or whatever, who are willing to sort of say, ah, stand on my own two feet. And this is the way I think uh, things are going. Much like someone, uh, uh, I don't know, I like sometimes maybe I criticize him, but someone like Elon Musk, he's, he's a master of the meme, right? Um, and he, he he's uh he, in a way i'd argue the company tesla is a meme and like you know i could criticize it and say oh it's way overvalued like but like whatever it's a it's it's a meme that everyone likes everyone likes a freaking tesla car hey if yeah. i could afford one i'd be driving one um and hey you can't and, and you can't be mad at spacex either right like these freaking rockets that land like it sounds like science fiction from something like maybe 10 15 years ago but they uh they're 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 going and they're they're launching shit up to space and my understanding is if you want to launch some shit up to space you can just go on the spacex website and there's just a price for like volume and weight and you're just like okay that's my what else and and i don't know what the process is and you go send your shit up to space why would anyone want to send something up to space like just to be able to say i did it you can send just for the for the ground satellites i think are the main sort of thing right so so like uh yeah, and I, I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with like satellite technology and stuff, but like you can put like you can put these like tiny computers up there that like can communicate somehow and they can have sensors and like, I don't mm. know what you can do. I think the coolest thing is, is like the idea that they're going to do is like broadcasting Internet. So like put these satellites up there that can basically um provide internet in like rural parts of australia or just like rural parts in anywhere of the world right and like um yeah that 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 like you know individuals come around and they have a vision and like you know everyone else everyone else i i i could potentially benefit well i have benefited from elon musk selfishly you know doing what's best for him now i live in a civilization that has these rockets that can like reusable rockets man like that's a huge advancement in 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 the space rocket well, industry or whatever thank and you thank on, you for good, tuning well done in to elon musk for for that shit um i think it's awesome tune in, tune in next week guys and uh yeah, we'll tell you we'll tell you more about uh satellite technology that's that's yeah. going to be the the opener for next week satellite tech we'll do our research cool. you do yours and we'll meet here somewhere in between the universe and cyberspace there you go there you go